Hello and welcome to The Nightcap. Recording this on Wednesday the 15th of Feb. Came upstairs at Salt, we're, me and Paul are here as always, and there's loads of pasta going on at the moment. You're well in the swing of things with the next book? Yeah, obviously I've been, I mean, it's been a long time writing this book in a mm. sense. I mean, I started really putting pen to paper probably last June, maybe a bit earlier actually, yeah. with some dishes. I went to Bologna and I've just been shelving it, coming back, shelving it, coming back. But we've now actually properly started putting it together. So we had our first photo shoot on Friday. Nice. Last week, which was great. Yeah, I and saw some was, of the photos. They look so good. Yeah, oh, brilliant. And it was just a great start. And you always worry, there's, there's some dishes that are complete, things that I've completely created. Some are classics, you know, like a linguine vongole yeah. um, that I've not fucked about with. And then there's some that are based on classics of tweeted. Mm-hmm. We've only done like eight dishes as a start. And some it's just... I've obviously trialed them, developed them, tweaked them, yeah. tasted them, yeah. fed them to other people. And you think, how's that going to look on camera sometimes? Yeah, because sometimes, I mean, they're, they're hearty meals, pasta dishes, but they can just look, not look hot, they'll never look horrible, but they are just a bowl of, it's like a pile. Yeah, make them <laughs> stand out. Yeah, it's hard. And sometimes, and not you, messy as well. you could look at it in front of you and it's full of texture and vibrant, mm. but it doesn't translate on a photo yeah. sometimes. You know, the same yeah. as like people not being photogenic, yeah, but yeah. they look all right on it's the like, eye. It's like when you climb a hill, you're like, wow, what have you? You get your phone out, you're like, oh, that's shit. Yeah, it like, looks flat. Yeah, it looks rubbish. Yeah. So, and you know, Michelle is great. She you know, worked on her with the first book. She did a bit with the salt book, but... Mm. This book, it's literally just me and her. It's doing all, it. all about lighting, isn't it? They they just know what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. She's she's. I leave all that to her, and I take a photo of my phone. Well, she's taking a photo with her, <laughs> her camera. They look completely different. Like a two foot long lens. Yeah. yeah. But really happy with the start. It was um, no no reshoots needed on any of those dishes, oh, which that's is great. great. Sometimes you need to revisit it, change it, even you know change the what it's served on or where it's situated. Um, and then yeah, you've done some weird and wonderful things like put, oh, yeah. put bowls on the floor and well, just we put ran food it. on the floor. Did you? Yeah, well, in the, in the salt book, the strawberry dish, it's yeah. actually plated on the floor. <laughs> Be, because Good lighting all in the I tell you what, we, that was a reshoot with a dish I wasn't happy with. And it was a strawberry with white chocolate dessert in summer. Yeah. And... I just wasn't happy with it. I can't remember why. And Andy came on a Sunday with Michelle and they were taking photos of like us in service for some, you know, filler shots for the book. And we did a few of the catch-up dishes while we were there. And table, what used to be table two, which is by the window in the restaurant, has got beautiful natural light. Mm. So we pulled the table out of the way, put the plate on the floor. And because we've got that beautiful flagstone floor, I said, Andy, just why don't we just do it on the floor? (laughs) Yeah, and he loves anything that's a bit, you know, left field. So So we played it on the floor. And it wasn't like, we didn't make a thing of it in the book, but it just looked perfect because it just looks like it's on this beautiful piece of natural slate. That's so good. There you go. If you've got that book at home, go to the strawberry dish, did you say? The strawberry dish in the summer section. Yeah, Yeah. that's on the floor. That's on the floor, table two. That's brilliant. (laughs) That is great. Do you um, not dread those days, but are they longer days or are you excited to do book days? Because they're quite a unique thing to do, aren't they? I really love, I love the whole process of doing the book. I love, you know, the developing side the research the going over old things i've not done for years or learning yeah. i learn a lot doing it as well yeah of course um and then obviously you know going to visit italy is nice as oh, well man. so you're going this weekend i'm uh, yeah i'm up well friday morning i flight at seven yeah Mate. like two days six restaurants yeah you're gonna be that um, guy is gonna be yeah on the, on the plane home you're like oh do you know what yeah it's gonna be like how i felt coming back from bologna so <laughs> bologna i was there i think like three and a half days i had was it three and a half days? I had loads of food, did food tours, 
drove out to Modena, ate loads of food. Mm. Um, I had in those three and a half days eight bottles of wine. Mate, yeah, that is I was so outrageous. Proud. Yeah. <laughs> so proud. Yeah, <laughs> mum was proud. <laughs> Proper Coventrian. Yeah. Um, but that's along with an, like 10, 15 pints along with it and other glasses of, you know, Fizz and Lambrusco and different I'm starting to think that you prefer going away alone. Makes sense. <laughs> it's fucking ace. I had some lovely trips last year. I took Marie to Paris and we went to New York as well. But you'd rather there. But there's something about just a little little city trip on my own. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. I can see the appeal though. I've yeah. never done that. But I don't know. I like Sometimes when I go, like I work for myself. Well, I have my own company, but it's just me. And I sometimes will have a day in London and doing stuff. And I quite like being out and about by myself and just, you know, table for one and stuff. But I've yeah. never gone on a holiday. It, it, yeah, well, it was no, it's weird. Not a holiday, it's like research, but I it's mean, a bit I, of a holiday. I, I did it years ago, just through my stages. So it kind of was, and it wasn't. You know, I was on my own away, yeah, yeah. and I was younger, so it didn't feel that alien. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I just just loved it. It's nice bit of time, like time for writing, researching, and just eating and drinking. And you drink a lot more when you're on your own because there's no one to talk yeah. to. <laughs> So you drink so much faster yeah that's so true yeah I think that's why I got through so much wine oh, that sounds really appealing I mean, oh it's mate's ace yeah. devastating for your partner it's just like yeah he'd rather be alone but um, yeah it's fucking good yeah Marie was jealous when I booked this because like I said I only booked it last was it last week yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah last, last Wednesday um, and she was <laughs> jealous well, she wouldn't have been able to go anyway like with work and children commitments and stuff but yeah. uh, I said you can pick me up from the airport. <laughs> That'd be lovely. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you all about it. I'll breathe some wine and pasta air on you. Oh, mate. <laughs> That's great. So I know you've got six places booked, but have you got a bit of a hit list of the things you need to try, like specific dishes? Yeah, it's more about, you know, it's more about sort of the story and research side of the book. I know the dishes. I want, I feel like there's some, just some, some gaps in the, it's, it's difficult to articulate, like gaps in some of the the history or I think it being authentic to me really you know obviously like they're they're famous for f- like four pasta dishes in Rome the two main ones are your carbonara and your cacio e pepe yeah. which you know I know those dishes inside out I've produced them I want to go and eat them in situ you know I want to I don't need to yeah um but I think it is it's just I think knowing from what I got from Bologna and other trips I've had to Italy um and what you absorb from that I think it doesn't directly translate to the book, but mm-hmm. it 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 does have a massive impact on that. Yeah, I think it can, like in a weird way, almost give you confidence as well. Because yeah. you're because you're learning, but being and immersing yourself in the environment where it's being done, it almost gives you a bit more like personal, like okay, no, I can write about this. Yeah, I've been there. I can see. I've seen. Yeah, we don't want the whole rice gate again, do we? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you've got no rights to write about <laughs> pasta. <laughs> So true. What do you know? It's only a couple of years ago I was talking about super noodle sandwiches. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't, that, that story cannot come up once when you're out there. No. Um, so, yeah, that book's got to be, that's going to be out actually not that long. It's sort of autumn time-ish, okay, yeah. So it goes off to publish June, Perfect. I think, yeah. So sort of autumn time. So I've got a lot to do in the yeah, meantime. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's nice. I mean, I, I do love the process. Just lastly, I know you've got, what is the... I've never really asked, but obviously, like in nice restaurants, all pasta will get made by yourselves, right? Most, most, yeah. But yeah, you don't. Dishes. You would never buy it in for um, certain some, dishes. Some do. I mean, really? we, we don't. If I if I have pasta on, we make 
pasta, yeah. obviously, yeah. We have a lot in for staff, and there's nothing wrong with dry pasta. Yeah, you know, what great is Great quality stuff. Is there nothing a, wrong with yeah, it Yeah, is there a stigma around shop-bought shop pasta or certain brands? Or, like, I don't really know what the differences are between... Like, you... The, the general difference, most restaurants in the UK when making pasta will make an egg-based pasta, which is like more northern, Emilia-Romana region, egg-based, richer, different texture. But dried pasta is better generally if it's not egg-based. Okay. Um, so semolina flour and water or yeah. part semolina, part durum wheat is known as as well. Part mm-hmm. that, part zero, zero and water. Yeah. Dry is much better. So semolina flour or durum wheat flour, it's got much more protein, which much, much more gluten. So it keeps its sort of shape and uh, structure much better when it's dried. Yeah. Essentially. And they rock hard when they're dry. Yes, exactly. That's like crazy. And sometimes if you dry, if you make quite a heavy egg pasta, you'll get these, when you dry it, you can dry it, you know, we'll do it here and it'll be dry for a few days. I won't keep it for long. Get these black flecks in it. Yeah. You know, like if you've ever made Yorkshire pudding, yeah. next day it's got those black flecks. Yeah. You'll get that in your pasta. That's so weird. Yeah. Got it. But no, no, dry pasta, I mean, it's a massive thing in this. It's, it's important. Is it? Yeah, it's yeah. important to do it because it's... Sometimes the perception is just that everyone is making their own in Italy, but it's just, dried is just... Yeah, they, they make it and dry it for themselves because you're extending the shelf life. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's a easy, accessible, cheap food, great carrier of flavour. Oh, it is. That's, That's why it's so important. You've hit the nail on the head. Like, it's just perfect vehicle for... It's so adaptable to different types of dishes. Exactly. And it can just carry loads of stuff with it. I just love it. Exactly. And it can be, and I wrote about this in the book, it's just one of those foods, like rice and pasta, one of those foods, and there's not many where it can be the most gastronomic, incredible food in the mm. best restaurant in the world, yeah. or it can be um, mid-range or served at home in the most simple dish, yeah. or it could be, you know, to, you know, especially rice, to aid malnutrition it can be on every single level of food it's, yeah, it's so versatile it's so important yeah and it should be celebrated so yeah well put i mean there's few ingredients that do that don't they they can be the humblest thing and still just as tasty and also be in fi- in um the menu in the film he talks about bread being that yeah about how it's like you know bread is like a poor it was a pauper's food you know mm. years and years and years ago but it could also be the most unbelievable uh, thing in the best restaurant in the world. So, uh, like everybody can associate with bread, with, bread, with, pasta, with pasta, with rice. Yeah, yeah, everybody can associate. Whatever your social status or class or whatever, however yeah. you want to call it, you, we all know what it is, and we can all link to it. Yeah, so true. Ah, oh, pasta man. I could t- just do a whole episode just on pasta, but um, especially being surrounded by so much good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Actually, lastly on it, the squid ink pasta. Oh yeah. It's always striking to see black pasta. Yeah. Um, I imagine though it could be. Some people do it for the less for the flavour and more for the fact it's black pasta. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. I mean, the flavour's not always it's really not profound. It does yeah. make it does have a you know squiddy sort of aroma and flavour. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I don't. We don't use it a lot here. Mm. I don't think I've ever made it for the restaurant. Actually, I made it for. It does look striking though. Black pasta. Oh, it does. Like it just black. makes you stand like, out. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up Valentine's Day quickly last night. Guess what I went out and got from the butchers after last week's conversation? What did you get? Rump cap. Rump cap. Yeah. Nice. How was it? Oh, fucking amazing. Yeah. What did it you was, do with it? So I just, I, I did it like in the way I knew how, which was uh-huh. just like keeping the joint together in a pan, really hot, fat yeah. side down for ages, then coated it in butter, then in the oven Lovely. for not very long, and then just made sure it was nice and pink. Very did nice. It. Oh, it was fucking amazing. And what I did, I didn't realise it was quite a shallow 
cut. Like, yeah, it wasn't like yeah, yeah. I mean? It's not yeah. deep, 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 thick. Which actually, when you see it, looks it makes it look awkward. It makes it like, oh, will that be a bit? But then it, I don't know. It just seems to work when it's yeah. come out. It does. Um, and I just like not that it mattered because it was like you know I wanted to baptize that. Any excuse just for a nice meal in. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, uh, it was so much cheaper than a rump, a yeah. normal bit as well and I, yeah. I got this huge thing and it was like 11 quid and I was like what the fuck this is ridiculous some less for sandwiches next loads, day loads yeah. loads now. I was like this is but it was really good and it was really nice having it after having talking about it the last Ooh. few weeks we had loads of people messaging us as well Carla got written down here a few other people just DMing us saying here's some rump cap recipes here's oh, all this nice. so what did you do with it did a fondant potato nice yeah. and I did a roasted cauliflower puree lovely Bit of veg on side. Very nice. Yeah, Haley like it. Yeah, I fucking loved it. Do you know what? It's really funny because like loads of the boys are messaging the WhatsApp group, being like, "Oh, fucking Valentine's Day!" Like all the classics, like it's commercialized bollocks. It's, oh, it's it's America. We brought America over here. It's like Halloween. I was like, I'm starting to now that we're not that young, we're just starting to sound like grumpy old twats. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like I'm not like a big Valentine. Like I don't give a shit. And I understand when people are like, you know. You shouldn't. You should celebrate your love all year round. It's not just for one day. Like, and I don't want to be sat in a restaurant with loads of other couples on Valentine's Day because it yeah. just feels awkward. But also at the same time, like, it's just a bit of fun. It's a Tuesday yeah. night in February. Just an excuse to open a nice bottle of wine. And have, like, just use that as an excuse to do something. Yeah, bit, like, I think that's where I sit with it. It yeah. feels a bit. I wouldn't go out to eat anywhere. No, no, because no most restaurants are full of knobheads. Yeah, like and any chef, like <laughs> so many chefs, like message messages if you here? agree. No, we weren't open. Oh, of course, right. it's Tuesday. Isn't yeah, it? sorry. Yeah. A lot of people were shocked we weren't open, but it just shocked. I would have had to get the whole team in for yesterday because yeah. our week works as said, and then um, would have given would have like say okay, we do that, but we pay everyone for that extra day. Mm. Then it's like. It's a bit of a false economy because it yeah. work. Or yeah, yeah. we close another whole day and the business is, you know, it's fine. Yeah. So like, why would we do that? And then they're disjoint the days. Like, it just seems a lot of hassle. Does, yeah, we haven't does. done Valentine's Day since, I think, 2019. Wow. Obviously with COVID and stuff, but yeah, just last last year it would have been Monday. Monday, and yeah. Was, so it would be Sunday. So next year's the big year. Wednesday, right? Yeah, and up. obviously we're below open, but I don't know what we'll do for it. And, but honestly, There'll be loads of chefs out there that agree with me. It's just one of the worst nights to work. Is it? Be- because so many people go out to nice places like this because they feel they have to. Yeah, oh God, They don't yeah. want to go, some of them. The yeah. missus might want to go and the bloke's not interested wow. or vice versa. So it's like tokenism. It's like... It's yeah, so they're not really it. enjoying it. They don't always see the value in it. They're parting with a lot of money because they feel they have to. So there's no, yeah. there's nothing genuine there. Yeah, yeah. And they're not enjoying it. We don't want you here. I never thought about <laughs> that from your, from your side. It's like you guys don't want to work it. Yeah, it's just, just that whole. There's an air around it. If these aren't our guests, you know, and, and our God, yeah. loyal yeah. guests tend to avoid, to avoid it. it. Yeah, that's so true. So, I didn't yeah. even think about it like that. It's hard to capitalise in a restaurant like this as well. We're eleven tables. It's always twos. Yeah, yeah. We used to do when we were ten tables. We used to do like ten tables structured and then we'd have five in early and then we'd turn five and it was a slightly shorter taste of menu mm. and it was such an easy night but um i don't know if we'd 
I don't know how we'll do it next year. I haven't really looked at it. But you, you've got to try and capitalise it without course, yeah, affecting without... your standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know what we'll do. You know, some, the, some places will do, oh, we're doing it on the Saturday. So we're going to be busy full on the Saturday anyway. So it doesn't yeah, exactly. With, yeah, with real guests. Fuck's sake. Yeah, I never thought about it from your side. No. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about Fallow briefly, which is becoming a bit of a Fallow podcast like, last couple of weeks. But you went, then I went. It was just fucking class. Like, you lived up to that expectation so much. Good, like, I'm glad it did. I knew you two would like it. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. When you've recommended somewhere course, yeah. and spoke about it, you just, oh, I hope they like it. Yeah, no, massively. And I you mean, had the cod's head, didn't you? I had the cod's head. Yeah, it was, it was so, like, I know it sounds silly, but you do forget when, because even when you go to nice places, often if you have a bit of cod, it's a fillet. It's a pretty little square on mm. the plate. You just forget how big a fucking cod is. When oh, I'm not no. handling cod every day, ever. No. So when you see a cod's head, you're like, fuck, they're massive. Yeah, they're these are absolutely big, big massive. They must be off sort of five plus kilo cods. Yeah. Um, and it's so dramatic when it's served because it's like eyes, teeth, you know, the yeah. whole lot. And yeah. obviously like, you're not used to that, but no. it's so exciting because you're just like learning about it and you're scraping bits of, oh, I didn't know there's meat there. Like, yeah. Get that bit off. And you just discover it. Turn yeah. it, flip it upside down, get the bits underneath. Exactly. Like, it was fascinating. And I, I love, you know... I love their confidence that they yeah. can do that in a nice restaurant yeah. in, in London. That they can just, yeah, we're just going to sort of a cod's head with a sauce. Yeah, like, exactly. That I like that. They're not insecure in their food. We, we spoke to, we were sat at the at the pass almost, mm. like where, where you, I think we were in the same spot you were, were sat Were you in. on the far right of it? Yeah. Exactly yeah. the same seats then. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I think the, because you very kindly got us a glass of champagne when we arrived, which was so sweet. And this woman goes, I think this is where Paul sat last week. Oh, like, really? No way. <laughs> um, but we were talking to her and, and various other members of the kitchen staff. And what was also evident is not only was there no stress despite the crazy amount of covers they were doing, but also there was no like, we, we spoke to one guy and he was just like, yeah, there's no real like, we don't really know what this is. Like, there's, no, like, <laughs> there's no like we do English food. Like, it's just like yeah. whatever's going, what we'll work. find And it all some, fits, yeah. 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 We'll just find some ingredients, like this is in season or a supplier gave us this. Mm. We just make Let's food we like to eat. There's no other yeah. like rhyme or reason to it. I think that's why it's so popular with chefs. Yeah. Because it is, yeah. it's food you like to eat and it's yeah. secure and just tasty. One of the coolest things was uh, we got invited to go and see the mushroom room. Oh, downstairs, yeah. Oh, nice. Did you climb up the little ladder up there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was mental. <laughs> it felt like a drug stand. Yeah. Like yeah. you were in this. UV lights and that. Yeah, because it was a proper fold down ladder like an attic you get in a house. Yeah. And then it's the classic like teepee shaped roof. <laughs> and then the UV lights everywhere and these bags. I was like, this feels dodgy as fuck. <laughs> but yeah, they're growing their own mushrooms on site. And it was just like. <laughs> Although I said one of them like, oh, is it the mushroom? And she was like, I've worked here two years and I never even thought of that. I was like, really? No one's ever cracked that? Mushroom. It's written. That's the obvious. You can't call it. They were calling it the mushroom room. I was like, come on. Come on. You've got, it's the mushroom. It's obvious. <laughs> yeah. You need a little plaque for the door. There's and... a proper like dad joke as well. Yeah, that, no, it? Like, come how's, on. how's no one cracked that? <laughs> or gone up because it is really tight. and Done yeah. the old not mushroom in here. Yeah, tight. Fucking perfect. <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, what a place. Like, I recommend it to anyone. We had beef ribs, we had mushrooms, we had pâtés, we had little croquettes. Like, just an absolute joy, that place. Nice. Big, big fan. Um, right, we've got so many people that have messaged us, so I wanted to cover some bases here. Uh, we got a message from... Oh, this is a good one. This is from Lewis. He messaged saying, Hi, guys. Been listening to the podcast since day one. Love it. The weekly episodes are mint. I'm from Stratford and have eaten at Salt and loved it. I've also worked good. at Mallory and did my apprenticeship 
many years ago uh, there. Anyway, I digress. I listened with interest to Paul's affinity with the French Laundry and Thomas Keller being a chef he has always been inspired by. I've also got all of Chef Keller's books. I thought you might be interested in this. I dined at Per Se in New York some years ago and was privileged to have an 18-course taster menu um, and a tour around the kitchen. Uh, Thought you might like to see this menu, as I'm sure there aren't many around. I still have a hard copy of the original menu, the handwritten bill and handwritten welcome card from Chef Keller. And he sent us a photo. It feels like food history this yeah i looked at was it 2008 or 9 or something was yeah it? 2009 yeah. i June think i've 6th. got some menus from around that time from per se again it reading it it sort of really sort of give a lot of nostalgia to me can you think can you off the top of your head remember any or think about any well they got the oysters and pearls on yeah they? Oysters um, and pearls. that's the third one pearl uh, tap because uh, it's linked to French Laundry but the food is a little bit different but there mm-hmm. was ones in there the style of it and everything that, yeah. that really took me back I quail in a jar quail in a jar quail in a jar sounds yeah. good yeah I'm trying to think what else but a poached Nova Scotia lobster guys this is a huge menu haystack peak strawberry sorbets the per se float is that a famous one per se float I'm not familiar with that one off my head what coffee else and donuts I know somewhere else that does that Mud, mud pie at the end. Mud pie, <laughs> beautiful. It's amazing. Thanks so much for sending us this. Yeah, this it's is a, so it's cool. Nice menu. I, I did grab some. So when I I went to when I staged in New York it was before I went to French Laundry. So I went to see Per Se, and I mm. didn't have the budget to eat there sure. on, on my own as a twenty <laughs> four year old. Um, so they had menus out the front, and you could take some. So I took took some of them. Um, but I did go back, and I ate there with Sat. Um, oh, yeah, I remember a few saying. years later yeah. I think I've got some menus there and I've got loads of French laundry ones like um, so you know, they're nice they're beautiful menus they really are so good thanks for sharing we love all this sort of stuff so any like you know historical menus you guys have got please send them to us we, we love checking them out got another one here from uh, he's on Instagram as Mr Nutter Chef great handle <laughs> said alright fellas got a question for Paul you mentioned on the last episode how a few years back you had real low self-esteem. And if you don't want to go into this, I totally understand. But I did find it really interesting. I've had massive experiences with this myself. And I know a numerous amount of amazing chefs who have also felt the same or have had certain or have at certain points in their career. After winning a big award, I felt a huge, I felt huge imposter syndrome when I finally... Uh, and when I finally let go of that feeling, I won another award, which did feel a bit more like I earned it. Hearing a Michelin-trained chef who went on to win a Michelin star also had low self-esteem issues makes me wonder if it's just a natural part of the process, making a career, or is it just something else? And maybe you could elaborate on your experience. Apologize if this is too deep for the show, but I really do feel your conversations help chefs on so many levels, and this could be a great one for younger chefs about to take on their first role as head chef. Never too deep for the podcast. No, 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 really. If anything, these sorts of conversations that not enough people probably have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. um, What's your initial reaction to that? Is it sort of a part of the process, do you think? Now Um, now having a few more years under your belt? So yes and no. When I was referring to those self-esteem issues, they were much deeper than that, as you know. It was more... I had zero sense of self-worth, but that was personal. That was, it, was, it wasn't tied to the industry at all. Right. When I was in that place, kitchen was the best place for me to be because it was my comfort oh, zone. Yeah. So 
you sanctuary. Know, once when I was in the four walls and cooking, you know, I was full of confidence and fine. It was a safe place for me to to be. Um, mm-hmm. But I can understand completely what he's saying about the the imposter syndrome and that because that kind of creeped into it. when I come outside of the kitchen. There was picking up a lot of word awards bef- even before the Michelin star when I was in at Tuddenham. We had this crazy run. Um, I think in my second year there, where just loads of amazing things happened, mm. and it just didn't feel real. I was like, I've only been head chef for a year, uh, yeah, and I was like, I don't, I didn't, I just didn't feel like I deserved it. <laughs> yeah, if that yeah, makes sure. sense, yeah, and that, that did link back to my sort of lack of self worth, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anybody did anything nice for me or got anything, I'd get upset. Really? Like, I'd never oh, got upset of bad things. Anything's nice, because I, I just didn't feel I was worth it. Just overwhelmed by it. Well, yeah, no, I just didn't feel I was worth it oh. at all. I just didn't feel like I was good enough mm. in any way to, for anyone to be nice to me. Yeah, um, that's incredible. But I would... Um, so, yeah, this run, it was just just mad. Like, Tudor was going well. I'd been a chef for a year. I, was, I knew I was a good cook. Um, that was never in doubt, but as a, being a head chef and a leader and at this high level, there's something completely different. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel I was there. I didn't really have my style ironed out. I, I was just finding my way in, you know, the you know deepest, darkest depths of Suffolk <laughs> and struggling with a team and just fighting every day. And then we we won, or I won. It was um, the Good Food Guide, like Young Chef of the Year, Up and Coming Chef, mm-hmm. and then. Great British Menu phoned me and they were like, I want you to come on the show. And then we got a Jay Rayner review, which was just incredible. Yeah. And then we got the third rosette and then the Observer wow. Food Monthly phoned me and said, you're our young chef of the year. Incredible. And this was all in the space of a couple of months. And I was like, this is it's too much. Bonkers, yeah. Just didn't really know how to handle it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, most of it, I was like, am I, am I, you know, I was still in my 20s. I was like 28. And I'd only been head chef a year, like I said. I didn't, yeah, didn't really didn't feel until I look back now, and I was like, yeah, you were, yeah, you you were, you weren't it. You yeah, were the yeah. team, you weren't it. You did it together, and you know, it's only gone, you know, got better. Yeah, sure. Since, Do, does that mean that it almost it helped you having that mindset because you never took it for granted or got too ahead of yourself or felt like I'm the biggest? Like in some yeah. ways, that keep your feet on the ground because definitely, you, you I'd say like, it's a, I'd say overall it. it that side of it that is a, a good thing you know if you if you're if you win an award in any industry as a chef and you're like, yeah because i should because mm. if you've got an arrogance about it that's a bad place to be if there is a bit of humility there it's a good thing yeah because it you know pushes you on you know you don't want to have obviously terrible self-esteem and you know really doubt yourself mm. But I think a little bit of it just it's a it's a better thing to have than the other way around, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's fascinating though, because like in other in some other industries, like sport is a good one. You know, we see loads of people follow different sports, have idols in the sport, and arrogance is seen as almost a bit of a good thing. It's almost like yeah, you know, yeah. it's part of the showmanship of it. It's part of like the confidence and giving off this aura of I can't be beaten. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's, world, it's it's how it's delivered as well, mm. like and who they are, who that character is. Yeah, like you can look at um, so Zlatan. I don't know why I forgot his name. If somebody else said the things he said, it would be mm. 
awful. But he his character, yeah. and you know there is a little bit of humour behind yeah, it as yeah, well. Sure. And he is confident, and there is a bit of arrogance there. It works for him. Yeah. If yeah, someone's yeah. a bit of a cunt and they say those sort of things, <laughs> you're going to view it really badly, yeah, aren't so you? True. It's like, where where is it coming from? Is it coming from a yeah. good place or a bad place? If you, can, if you can have confidence and have a little bit of balance of that, sort of bordering arrogance and humility mm. if you can have both and be be authentic i mm. think is the key isn't it yeah i think you're right i think it's spot on it's interesting thanks so much for sending us that message but yeah i think it's i think imposter syndrome is something that ever, you know people in and out the industry can associate with yeah especially when things come at you earlier than you expect them to yeah you start to go oh no i've not you, imposter syndrome is a sense of i'm getting away with this yeah, that's what that is, yeah. isn't it? It's almost feeling like, do people know that I'm just putting it on? I'm just putting on that. <laughs> it's like that is the sort of thing. Yeah, and I, did, can, I can imagine. How you did you ever it. feel like, like we were speaking earlier before the pod about how you you didn't aim to be a radio presenter mm. per se, and it happened, and you yeah. and Ollie when you had the show, and it was big. And yeah. did you did um, did you have any of that or? Yeah, because because uh, I wasn't as dead set on being a presenter I never it didn't almost bother me too much I just sort of fell into that and enjoyed mm-hmm. it so I didn't really ever feel like a sense of imposter syndrome with that I did a bit with management because I got a management job in radio and was managing people a lot younger than I anticipated and they every single member of the team was older than me mm-hmm. so that that already was I was just feeling like I'm pretending to get uh, yeah. so a minute ago I was an, I was an apprentice when all these guys were here dicking around and having fun and now I'm acting like their boss like giving them their annual leave like that, that felt weird but um, yeah I can imagine that I think I, I think I found a way of dealing with it and I, I always put it a little bit down to both my parents were teachers mm. and I've always felt like that's in me to be like a, to have a teacher mentality so yeah. I sort of slip into that quite a lot in my life I'll just slip into that sort of like sense of not being authoritative but just like feeling calm and in control and, and wanting to help and be there for people mm. and I don't feel like I'm an imposter doing it which is lucky but yeah. I luckily don't feel like that yeah. self-esteem issues in and out of work and stuff I think everyone whether they want to admit it or not at some point in their lives yeah, so I think it's that. a natural thing you got to yeah you know, whether it's confident because not everyone just sails through their life like without any confidence being knocked at all. Mm. Um, I imagine I mean like you said you, the kitchen was a sanctuary for you there might be people with self-esteem issues that they go into the kitchen and some days the last place they want to be in there because their self-esteem's at rock bottom. Yeah. I don't know what advice you would potentially have to people that are going into work and it's just like, that you know, they're having to push and there's so much to do but their self-esteem is down. That might mean they make the wrong call on something or they miss a timer or that. I don't know what it would be but yeah. what advice you'd have for people. Um, just uh, talk, talk to someone really yeah. is the easy, easiest thing. Not easiest thing, sorry. It's It's... The most obvious thing, but that that's that is the thing to do. It's what I finally did, but it took way, way, way too long. Do you think and bosses I, and head chefs in this industry are a little bit more like welcoming of people talking about how they're feeling with much people? more now? Yeah, yeah, there's still still work to be done, obviously. But I think people are much more understanding because of the you know the around the country and the culture is yeah. changing in most things, and it, you know, people people talk and understand more. It's not a shock. Mm-hmm. now is it whereas maybe an old school head chef would have been like what, what are you talking about yeah so true you know yeah but it can, can be quite intimidating to to talk to you know your superiors especially in this industry and yeah, I try and make myself as approachable as possible but I'm still aware people still can't yeah. come and yeah. I'll you know I'll take even like I took the apprentice out for a coffee on Thursday just to go through things I let Laura handle most of the management but I think it's important that 
yeah. you know we do some little things where we talk and you know I reiterated to him you know you know I'm I'm here a lot I'm upstairs sometimes I'm always there for anything you yeah. know that's nice. Um, you want them to know that, but it still doesn't quite sink in. So you know, hard. a seventeen-year-old lad to come and yeah. see someone and they, they put up on a pedestal. They're naturally intimidated, even yeah. they're not doing anything wrong. Or yeah. to make the feel they just naturally are because of your experience, your age, yeah, all those things. All you can do is, you know, to any senior <laughs> people out there, is to really sort of let your guys know that you're available because yeah. they they won't think you are, you know, and it won't like I say, it won't get through, but you, straight away. Yeah. But the more you let them know you're available and make yourself more physically available as well don't you know lock yourself in the office and close your door all the time yeah exactly only talk to them when you're berating them or something Mm -hmm. um if you try and get yourself on a level with them and try and empathize with who they are and what they are then you are going to make yourself more approachable yeah of course yeah nice um yeah, lastly on that, I think the other, the only thing that I worry about with people that if they have a you know, low self-esteem or uh, imposter syndrome in the workplace specifically is like they're not going and grabbing opportunities because they're worried mm. about failing. Yeah. So it's like a sense of oh, I'm not going for that job because I'm not good enough to get it. Yeah. And then what if I get rejected? And it's the classic thing, the same in the dating world and same in the like not putting yourself out there because your self-esteem is low. Yeah. I don't know what the magic, magic fucking trick is to say to people to get them out of that. Sense, I don't know. There's just no. There it's t- tailors as time, really. Like every, again, everyone feels like yeah. that. Like sometimes my gut reaction is I won't go for that because I probably won't. Mm. Probably won't get it. Like, yeah. It's just like why? Why do we do it? Why do yeah. we do that to ourselves? It's fucking ridiculous. It, it is, and it's hard. I can't give the answer at all, and especially because it was it was different to me. Because like I said, it didn't affect me in my work apart yeah. from outside when I was receiving praise. That was when I was uncomfortable with it. Sure. But in the work. Never, because I've always found it cooking quite easy yeah, yeah. and always been good at it. Yeah. Um, it was my personal life where it was an issue. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny though when you say about receiving praise because it's like it's also a British thing too. Mm. And I think that's why we get so rubbed up the wrong way when people are good at receiving praise. Mm. And we see them as a, even if like we all just, I, I, I feel like, ah, when yeah. people like get praised. <laughs> Some people that take it, oh, thanks very much, like fucking arrogant prick. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a British attitude, isn't it? Yeah, so it is. Receiving any sort of like medal. <laughs> yeah, well, you've been nice to me for. So American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Uh, what else is going on? I, um, oh, one thing I wanted to bring up was um, when I was, I was making Valentine's food last night and I was like, you know, putting a bit of it, more extra effort in because it's like a nicer meal. And I realised that something I do regularly is in the week, like normal meals, I will not, even though I know how to make things, to elevate things, mm-hmm. make them richer or nicer, adding more butter, doing extra yeah. processes, I'll deliberately not to keep it healthy. Uh, Okay. Even by a little bit. Oh, because it's, like a, a, it's a, not a weekend. Yeah. It's not mental. But <laughs> yeah. I do that all the time. And I realised this the other night when I was like, a, a good example would be things like mash. Like, I know if I pummel this with more butter and more of this and more of that and then do extra, then it will be, it will taste fucking amazing. Yeah. But it's, it's Wednesday night. I, sh- I shouldn't do. Th- I like. I'll just put a little bit of butter in. I'll just mash it, out and it's still mash. It's not as good, and I yeah. know that. But I'll happily eat it because it's a weekday meal, and I yeah. feel more responsible to be healthy. I don't yeah. think it's just me, me that does this, but I do it with loads of other processes as well. It's like in the week, I'll just as long as it tastes okay. But I'm not going to make this taste fucking amazing, even though I know how I could, mm. just to make it a bit more nutritious. Is that ridiculous? No, I, I don't think you're alone there at all. And I probably do subconsciously in some ways as well. You yeah. know, 
I'm a much more freeing here with the things we do with the food. And, you know, if I'm cooking meat and then there's fucking loads of butter in the pan, oh, loads yeah, of thyme, yeah. loads of garlic, and it tastes yeah. incredible. I'm not putting as much in as own. Yeah, yeah, but why aren't you Because, yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you, just, you just don't, you know. I'll, you, I do cook differently at home. Yeah, yeah it's so I funny to think of, like... I still season in layers and still, you know, Follow those processes. Yeah, that's fascinating. I bet there's some things you can't like. Yeah, even at home you cook differently, but there must be some things you can't not sh- you can't not. No, do. I couldn't just like cook a big pot of food and throw salt in at the end. I just oh, couldn't okay. do it. No, that's like oh, goes that against everything. Me. I feel like we've opened up a Pandora. Like, <laughs> what other things? There must be other stuff you do at home. It's just like I would. I can't not not do this. There must you know be I mean? because you I, can't. I'd have to it's really like really think about in your it. mind for your elite level. You're like. I'm not skipping this step, even if it's just cooking for me at home. Yeah, there must be loads of that you do. Yeah, that, yeah, there would but be. I've listen. never put thought to it. No, no, no. Now I'm well, cooking. Now. At home, I'm going to be thinking of yeah. like what what I do different. And so much of it comes to your second nature anyway. You yeah, just you just like that's how you cook. You're not like, the man, you don't yeah. think, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because when I go around Marie's and she's cooking, I think I do her reading because oh, yeah. I start moving stuff and getting involved. And I do it with Haley. I'm only narrowly better than. Actually, you admit this that I'm narrowly better. I've got yeah. no training, nothing. But I, even I'm like, if you wanna, have you stirred that, or have you? Do you wanna? Yeah. Turn that down a bit. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. can't help myself. You must be a fucking nightmare. Yeah, Marie does get intimidated. Isn't <laughs> does she? Oh, bless her. Because I'll just, and I'm not even meaning it. Um, I'll just I'll lean on the <laughs> unit and the stove is there and I'm just looking I'm chatting to it but I'm leaning looking over it and if, if something's not right if it, if something's boiling too much I'm turning it down and really? you don't even it. say you don't even yeah. tell her to turn it down You're yeah just doing or it. one thing I fucking hate and my chefs will tell you is people cooking cooking spoons I hate what do you mean so if you've got a Maurice or a wooden spoon or anything if you've got a big pot on mm. I'll leave cooking, the spoon in. oh fucking kills me <laughs> why so I just pick it? them up and put them on the side and it gets a point where she just the loo and every utensil is back and it's like <laughs> yeah just on the top of the pan or you have a plate on the side why is where it because you, you can ruin the spoon and it's like uh, okay. it's boiling away and why have you got a utensil in there boiling yeah. away with your whatever come shit to, you're overcooking Haley made a stew at the weekend she left the wooden spoon in while it was kills me like if I'm around someone's house and I'm seeing it it makes me itch a bit and I don't I don't know I can normally let things fly yeah. but that no, but, and like, yeah. like chefs will tell you here that it gets to a point of like I, um, I stop telling them, and when they're doing it, I just do it in front of them and just keep moving it in front of them until they get the hint. It really drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. In fun, funny, um, <laughs> when I was on Great British Menu, actually, I don't know whether he was doing it as a power move. Um, Daniel must hate it as well. Daniel kept doing it to Actar. Really? <laughs> He'd walk over to his stove. Don't cook your spoon, chef. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> must have been a power move. Yeah, Cooking I don't know spoons. if he remembers that. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's such a good me. one. I bet today people listening will be like, they might be looking across the kitchen right now and there's someone cooking a spoon. Yeah, see it. See it on Great British menus, like Maurice's in pans cooking. I'm like, Brilliant. you know, and I've seen sometimes it, if you put a big one in, if the pan's hot, it can melt oh, over the edge. Yeah, yeah. Like, Our wooden spoon is at right angle. <laughs> 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 it is. There you go. It's so true. Fucking hell. Yeah. Right, anyway, please send us your pictures of people cooking spoons. Oh, and it's fucking hilarious when you think about me. it. Just like leave. I suppose that people can't be fucked to, what do you do, like at home, get a plate out, put it on top of a plate, or just put it on the, the side Generally, the you, can, you can rest it on the pan, generally. Yeah, that's or true. Or sometimes in hand. If it's something where it's yeah, going to drip off, even in don't. Your, in your masterclass, half the time, you've got a spoon 
laid atop. Oh, I've, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it's automatic. Your risotto one, you just leave it on the top. Yeah. But that's fine. It's just yeah. not in. You know, you use a Marie's, you wipe down the edges, keep the edge of the pan yeah. clean. Don't have all shit on the side of the pan. Yeah. Clean it. Put it on the side. Well, if it is something that's liquidy and it's going to leak, you don't want it leaking over your stove. So mm -hmm. just pop it on a little plate or something. Yeah, nice. You know, and hard to wash a plate, <laughs> is it? It genuinely. I love how much this gets your go. God, it does. So I have a lot of little pet hates in the kitchen. I always forget on yeah. until you know about it, until you see it. And you're yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's a pet. I couldn't sit in our list them all. Yeah. But there's fucking hundreds. Laura and Gibbo tell you more than. This is I great. Could. Along that theme, and then along of the sort of like how you cook at home, I think this time next week, if you can give us any, you might notice now mm. something you do okay, at home. I'll have to try and have like, a think. Yeah, yeah, please do. Because I'm fascinated with that. Yeah. Um, cool. I don't think there's too much else. I'm so jealous that you're going off tomorrow. I know. Well, as people are listening, it'll be tomorrow, innit? Yeah. So, I can't wait. Three days in Rome, man. Yeah. Going to be airport at five. Yeah. I land at 11 Rome time. So I'm estimating my first drink <laughs> on the plane on the plane <laughs> yeah. no in the Birmingham airport to be fair of course yeah, yeah airport to. rules isn't it there's yeah. no time no it's, yeah. it's like a it's like a weird bubble where time yeah. doesn't exist <laughs> when I took the kids just me and the kids went to Spain last uh, August and we had to get there really early we got there about half six checked in oh. and we went to the spoons and <laughs> I had a beer and Esme was like Even Esme. why are you drinking beer it's like <laughs> airport rules girl you'll learn airport yeah. rules Oh, that's that's what dads are for. Teach yeah. them stuff like that. <laughs> well, next week we'll hear all about it, I guess. Can't yeah, wait. yeah, definitely. I'm back Sunday night, so yeah, we'll, we'll chat about it next week. UT. Wherever you are, have you listening? Thanks so much for joining us. We will catch you all next week. You can always send us some questions, pictures of people cooking spoons at the nightcap underscore pod. Follow us on socials, etc., etc. Oh, and please leave ratings and reviews. We got one. Actually, this pissed me off. We got a rating. It was five star. Great. That's a tick box. Yeah. But the review said this, Paul makes me laugh so much. Perfect for foodies with a sense of humour. All right. <laughs> Just this guy. Look, Paul, very specific. There's only two of us. I know, yeah. That's like, and deck. I fucking love deck. Ant's going to be pissed off. Yeah. You can't say yeah. I love one and not the other. And it's two letters to write. Sigh, to shorten it. Anyway, Miss D89, well, whoever the fuck you are. I'll just put Paul and uh, the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Paul and that guy are fucking hilarious. That'll do. I'll take that. Jesus. Anyway, leave your nice uh, reviews, please. Five star, if, if possible. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Cool. See you later.